0: Hello and welcome to the Diet Diatribe Podcast. My name is Sarah and I'm your host, and I'm gonna take you on a little bit of a journey today. This is the last and final episode of Diet Diatribe for the year. We are ending the year on a medium note, I would say. I'm probably the same weight as I was when I started the podcast. So I can't say that I've been particularly successful this year at losing any weight, but I definitely have made some improvements in my health, and I'm starting to get a lot more energy and definitely feel better about myself, and I do feel like the scale will continue to go down as the new year approaches, but um, I want to talk about a few things that are particularly related to the holidays today, Um, and one of them is alcohol consumption, and I know as we near New Year's Day, a lot of us are tipping back the champ and a lot of other cocktails, and I just want to talk a little bit about that and how that impacts us. But, and this article was written by Gretchen Reynolds. People who work out regularly and are aerobically fit tend to guzzle a surprising amount of alcohol, according to a new study. Well time for the holidays of the interplay between fitness, exercise, and imbibing. The study, which involved more than 40,000 American adults, finds that active physically fit men and women are more than twice as likely to be moderate or heavy drinkers as people who are out of shape. The results add to mounting evidence from previous studies and many of our bar tabs that exercise and alcohol frequently go hand in hand with implications for the health effects of each. Many people and some researchers might be surprised to learn how much physically active people tend to drink. In general, people who take up one healthy habit such as working out tend to practice other habits, not so healthy ones that is, and it's a phenomenon known as habit clustering. Fit, active people seldom smoke, for instance, and tend to eat healthful diets, so it might seem logical that people who often exercise would drink alcohol sparingly. But multiple studies in recent years have found close ties between working out and tippling. In one of the earliest from 2001, researchers used survey answers from American men and women to conclude that moderate drinkers defined in that study as people who finished off about a drink a day were twice as likely as those who didn't drink at all to exercise regularly. Later studies found similar patterns among college athletes who drank substantially more than other collegians, a population not famous for its temperance, right? In another revealing study from 2015, 150 adults kept online diaries about when and how much they exercised and consumed alcohol for three weeks. The results showed that on the days that they exercised the most, they also tended to drink the most afterwards. Yikes. But these and other past studies, while consistently linking more physical activity and more drinking, tended to be small or centered on the young or relied on somewhat casual reports of what people told researchers about their workouts and alcohol intake, which can be notoriously unreliable. So for the new study titled Fit and Tipsy, and recently published in the journal Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise, researchers with the Cooper Institute in Dallas and other institutions turned to more subjective data about tens of thousands of American adults. All were part of the large and ongoing Cooper Center Longitudinal Study, which looks at cardiovascular health and its relationship to various behavioral factors and other medical conditions. Study participants visited the Cooper Clinic in Texas for annual checkups and as part of those exams, completed treadmill tests of their aerobic fitness. They also completed extensive questionnaires about their exercise and drinking habits and whether they worried about their alcohol intake. The researchers gathered records for 38,653 participants who were of legal age and reported drinking at least once a week. The authors left teetotalers out of the study mix because they wanted to compare light drinkers to heavier drinkers. Then they ran the numbers. As in earlier studies, the fitter people were, the more they tended to drink. The fittest women were about twice as likely to be moderate drinkers as women with low aerobic capacities. Moderate drinking meant that women drank between four and seven glasses of beer, wine, or spirits in a typical week. The fittest men were more than twice as likely to be moderate drinkers, and that's up to 14 drinks per week than men who were less fit. The researchers considered people's reported exercise habits and adjusted for age and other factors that could have influenced the results, and the odds remained consistently higher. Fit men and some women also had a slightly higher likelihood of being heavy drinkers, and this is defined as having eight or more weekly drinks for women and 15 or more for men than their less fit peers. Interestingly enough, fit women who are heavy drinkers often reported concerns about their level of alcohol intake, while fit men in that category rarely did. What might these results mean for those of us who work out regularly to try to stay in shape? Although they clearly show that fitness and increased drinking go hand in hand, most people probably don't associate physical activity and alcohol intake as linked behaviors," says Karim Cheval, executive director at the Cooper Institute, who led the new study. So people who exercise should be aware of their alcohol intake, he said, even tracking how often they imbibe each week. Doctors and scientists cannot say with certainty how many drinks might be too many for our health and well-being. And the total probably differs for each of us but talk to your doctor or a counselor if your drinking worries you or worries your spouse or friends or training partners of course this study has its limits as well it's mostly involved affluent white americans and it showed only an association between fitness and alcohol intake and not that one causes the other it also cannot tell us why working up a sweat might lead to excess boozing or vice versa There probably are social aspects, Cheval said, with teammates and training groups bonding over beers or margaritas after a competition or a workout, many of us likely also put health halos around our exercise, making us feel our physical exertions justify an extra cocktail or three, right? right? And intriguingly, some animal studies show that both exercise and alcohol light up parts of the brain related to reward processing. This suggests that although each on its own can be pleasurable, doing both might be doubly enticing. We need a lot more research into the reasons for the relationship, Shuval said, but for now it is worth keeping in mind, especially in this festive time of year, that our running or cycling outings or trips to the gym could influence how often and how enthusiastic we toast for the new year. I don't know about you, but I definitely tend to drink more if I work out more. I somehow justify those two things. but. Interestingly enough, though, I wanted to learn a little bit more about how the alcohol, how long it really stays in your system after you consume it, and this article was in Men's Health, and it's called This Is How Long Alcohol Really Stays in Your System, and it was written by Amelia Benton. Let's face it, we all know that drinking copious amounts of alcohol isn't healthy or good for the body for a lot of reasons. Whether you have a little too much fun a few times a year and totally feel it the next morning, or you indulge in a few drinks during the week with minimal effects, You may be curious as to what your habits mean for your long-term health, and I certainly am, which is why this article was interesting to me. But Too many alcoholic drinks doesn't just contribute to not-fun next-day effects like a raging hangover. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, excessive alcohol use can not only lead to alcohol abuse or dependence, but it can also increase your chances of developing chronic conditions, including high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, certain cancers, liver disease, and digestive issues as well as a weakened immune system. It's also tied to mental health conditions like depression and anxiety. Also, ignore the myth that your body recognizes different liquors differently. Your liver doesn't register a glass of wine any differently than it does a mixed cocktail. It only processes alcohol. If one drink has a higher ABV than the other, your liver will have to work harder. But the short-term and long-term effects of drinking too much are likely enough to make you want to get your habits in check and get a handle on what your limits should be. Here, a physician breaks down the alcohol metabolism process and how booze can be detected in your body. How is alcohol metabolized by the body? Alcohol metabolism is partially based on a person's individual alcohol use habits as well as their genetic makeup. Say doctors. According to Dr. Singh, the doctor that completed the study, the vast majority of the alcohol you drink is metabolized by your liver, while a very small amount is fully digested with no side effects. The path alcohol takes from consumption to elimination involves a metabolism process that first starts in the stomach where various enzymes begin the overall breakdown cycle. Most of the alcohol passes unaltered into the small intestine where absorption into the bloodstream takes place. And upon reaching the bloodstream, alcohol is predominantly transported to the liver where over 90% of its metabolism occurs. Once it reaches the liver, alcohol is then converted into another chemical. The substance responsible for the not so fun effects that can come with even small amounts of alcohol consumption, including headaches, nausea, and heart palpitations. How long does it take alcohol to clear from your body? Generally speaking, one standard drink, which is 12 ounces or one can of beer, 5 ounces or 1 glass of wine, or 1.5 ounces or 1 shot of 80 proof distilled spirits peaks in the bloodstream about an hour after consumption. It takes about 5 half-lives to process and eliminate alcohol from your system completely, where the half-life of alcohol tends to be about 4-5 to hours. In turn, it takes about a day for the body to fully clear one serving of alcohol. Thankfully, the physical symptoms of drinking alcohol and intoxication resolve much sooner than completion of the overall metabolism cycle. How long is alcohol detectable in your system? If you're concerned about how much alcohol is in your system because you have to drive yourself home or have to work the next day, genetic factors, enzyme levels, alcohol quantity, and alcohol strength all play a role. Other factors like age, body mass, and overall health as well, also factor in as well. In general though, alcohol can be detected in the blood for up to 12 hours, on the breath for 12 to 14 hours, in the urine for 12 to 72 hours, in saliva for 12 to 48 hours, and in hair up to 90 days. Everyone metabolizes alcohol differently. Both genetic and environmental factors contribute to these levels of alcohol processing. Studies have shown that males tend to have higher amounts of ADH than females, and people who consume alcohol regularly tend to have higher amounts of chemicals that process alcohol compared to those who drink less often. Research has also demonstrated that around 30-40% to of people of East Asian descent have lower amounts of those chemicals compared to other ethnicities. In short, the fewer alcohol metabolizing enzymes you have, the longer it takes for your body to metabolize alcohol as well as more physical symptoms like nausea and headaches. How much you drink and how strong your alcohol of choice is also plays a role in metabolism and enzyme levels, with higher amounts unsurprisingly contributing to lower processing times. The bottom line is how long it takes alcohol to clear your system as well as how it can affect you physically can vary from person to person. Take note of how you tend to feel after drinking any amount of alcohol and take steps to avoid these undesirable short-term effects as well as the long-term effects that can come with too much alcohol consumption. And I know that a lot of us are thinking about these things very, very extensively during this holiday season and trying to make sure that we're living a healthful life because it is so important now. But it's interesting to note some of these things now. But, um... If you were trying to avoid that altogether, uh, maybe you should consider a mocktail. And there's this article that I found by Heather Whitley about are mocktails good for you? What you need to know about booze-free beverages. The holiday season is in full swing. Time for food, festivities, and overindulgences. But if the thought of a spiked eggnog and champagne toast is already giving you a headache, you may want to explore giving the trend of mocktails a shot, right? These booze-free beverages are gaining popularity thanks to the sober, curious movement in which people are consciously cutting back on their alcohol intake or are considering becoming sober. In fact, U.S. sales of low or no alcohol wines, beers, and spirits now tops $3.1 billion, up from $291 million last year, and it's a market that's predicted to grow by more than 5% annually over the next 5 years. John Goldsmith, the co-founder of The Zero Proof, one of the largest importers of non-alcoholic spirits in the US, says passing on alcohol is no longer just for those in recovery or trying to dry it out for a month. One of the biggest misconceptions that I encounter is about who the customer is, Goldsmith tells Yahoo Life. A lot of people think that these products are just for people who don't drink at all, which is not the case. The majority of these customers are alcohol drinkers. It's very much a trend of moderation. The number one reason this sector is growing and having the success it's having is wellness. People are just trying to be healthier. So here are some of the health benefits of drinking less alcohol. Experts say that cutting back on alcohol is good for your health. In fact, according to Harvard Health, research shows the best option for overall health was no drinking at all. Alcohol is the third leading preventable cause of death in the US according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. An estimated 95,000 people die from alcohol-related causes each year, according to the organization. Over the years, a lot of studies have suggested that moderate alcohol consumption may be beneficial for health. But there's a growing body of evidence that suggests that even light to moderate drinking can have negative health effects, especially in the context of cancer. Studies show that drinking small amounts of alcohol increases your risk for developing certain types of cancer, including breast, and neck cancers. These findings have led the World Health Organization to declare that the safest level of alcohol to consume is none. Pay attention to what's in your non-booze beverages though. Mocktails are a great way to reduce your intake of alcohol while still being able to enjoy the experience of a cocktail-like beverage. But before you reach for a zero proof drink, make sure you're not replacing a toxic substance with other ingredients that aren't necessarily good for your health. Mocktails Alerta cocktails can be very juice heavy and can often be loaded with sugar and syrups which is not the healthiest. Experts recommend being mindful of sodas and tonic waters as they tend to be pretty full of sugar. Instead they recommend choosing unsweetened or flavored seltzer water. The same goes for certain drinks mixes like margarita mixes or frozen lemonade drinks which if you just had a margarita mix on the rocks these tend to be pretty high in calories and sugar and more creamy. To cut back on calories, experts suggest adding a splash of juice to your seltzer water for flavor or you could cut juice in with equal amount of seltzer water to decrease the sugar content. There are good ways to get a nice little balance, but some of the more unique non-alcoholic cocktails can include herbs like ashawanga, a traditional root from India, but the Director of Nutrition and Chief Instructor at the Institute of Culinary Education, Celine Bickman, says consumers need to do some homework before they order these drinks. People tend to think that herbs, because they're more naturally occurring, are therefore always good. But herbs can interact with body systems and medications. So you wanna be cautious if you're adding these things to your body and they're things that you might possibly not be able to handle because you're taking something else. Experts say that you wanna be really careful with the mocktails and the cocktail ingredients because they can easily be overlooked. And these ones are cinnamon and licorice. They can impact people with blood pressure issues and mint which can trigger reflux and gastrointestinal pain in some people, so be careful when you're using those. How to choose a healthy mocktail. To get the healthiest bang for your buck, experts suggest seeking out mocktails with fresh ingredients like whole fruits, fresh herbs, and even vegetables. So like a virgin Bloody Mary that's made with tomato juice, which is very high in the antioxidant lycopene, which can help protect our cells from damage. You also can add whole fruits to your beverage, They provide flavor and sweetness without adding sugar. Fruits that include the skins, like muddled blueberries, can also come with a dose of fiber, which can slow down the body's absorption of sugars. If you're feeling spicy, experts say you could try adding herbs or spices like ginger, which gives the drink a bit of a bite that can taste similar to alcohol. The secret to great mocktails is really balanced because alcohol provides a very strong flavor that is usually offset by the sweetness of the drink. And many mocktails can be overly sweet if there's nothing in there to balance it out. Using ingredients like apple cider vinegar, ginger, citrus juice, fresh herbs, and spices can really balance out those drinks and balance them into something healthy as well. Whether you're looking for a non-alcoholic version of your favorite cocktail or just want to experiment with some flavorful beverages that don't contain booze, it's a great time to explore the exploding market of mocktails. And your body might thank you for it. I'm also an advocate for helping others to re-examine their relationship with alcohol and finding ways to enjoy these social events without having to rely on alcohol to have fun, says this one particular expert, and you can do it in a way that really benefits your health. Interesting. Go check out some mocktails online. I myself have not tried so many of the mocktails lately, but I'm definitely not opposed to it if they can come up with some very neat flavor variations with the fresh herbs. Those tend to be really, really good. But one thing that I'm really kind of passionate about this year is to kind of incorporate some things into my diet that are traditionally considered holiday things, but that have some healthy kind of ingredients or components to them which might be beneficial all year long. And the one thing that I've looked at in particular in adding more of this into my diet in the upcoming year is pumpkin. And I love the flavor of pumpkin, but it's something I think that we tend to forget about except for in our pumpkin pie. But I've heard health nutritionalists talk about adding it in smoothies and definitely having certain variations of pumpkin added into the diet to provide some significant health benefits. and So I kind of went online and did some research on that. So I found this really interesting article in Healthline.com and it's 9 Impressive Benefits of Pumpkin. Pumpkin is a type of winter squash that's native to North America and particularly popular around Thanksgiving and Halloween. In the US, pumpkin typically refers to an orange type of winter squash, but in other regions like Australia, pumpkin can refer to any type of winter squash. While commonly viewed as a vegetable, pumpkin is scientifically a fruit as it contains seeds. That said, it's nutritionally more similar to vegetables than fruits. Beyond its delicious taste, pumpkin is nutritious and linked to many health benefits. Here are nine impressive nutrition and health benefits of eating pumpkin. Number one, it's highly nutritious and particularly rich in vitamin A. It has a very impressive nutrient profile. One cup of cooked pumpkin, which is 245 grams, contains 49 calories, 0.2 grams of fat, two grams of protein, 12 grams of carbohydrate, three grams of fiber, 245% of your reference daily intake of vitamin A. For vitamin C, it's 19% of your recommended daily intake, 16% of your potassium, 11% of your copper, 11% of your manganese, 11% of your vitamin B2, 10% 10% of your vitamin E, 8% of your iron intake, and small amounts of magnesium, phosphorus, zinc, folate, and several B vitamins are included. Besides being packed with vitamins and minerals, pumpkin is also relatively low in calories. as its 94% water. It's also very high in beta-carotene, which is something that your body ends up turning into vitamin A. Moreover, pumpkin seeds are edible, nutritious, and linked to numerous health benefits. Number two. High antioxidant content may reduce your risk of chronic diseases. Free radicals are molecules produced by your body's metabolic process. Though highly unstable, they have useful roles such as destroying harmful bacteria. However, excessive free radicals in your body create a state called oxidative stress, which has been linked to chronic illnesses including heart disease and cancer. Pumpkin contains antioxidants like alpha-carotene, beta-carotene, and beta-cryptoxanthin, which can neutralize free radicals, stopping them from damaging your cells. Test tube and animal studies have shown that these antioxidants protect skin against sun damage and lower the risk of cancer, eye disease, and other conditions. However, keep in mind that more human-based research is needed to make health recommendations. Number three, packs vitamins that may boost immunity. Pumpkin is loaded with nutrients that can boost your immune system. For one, it's high in beta carotene, which your body turns into vitamin A. Studies show that vitamin A can strengthen your immune system and help fight infections. Conversely, people with a vitamin A deficiency can have a weaker immune system. Pumpkin is also high in vitamin C, which has been shown to increase white blood cell production and help immune cells work more effectively and make wounds heal faster. Aside from the two vitamins mentioned above, pumpkin is also a really good source of vitamin E, iron and folate, all of which have been shown to aid the immune system well. Number four, vitamin A, lutein and zeaxanthin may protect your eyesight. It's quite common for eyesight to diminish with age. Fortunately, eating the right nutrients can lower your risk of sight loss. Pumpkin is plentiful in nutrients that have been linked to strong eyesight as your body ages. For instance, its beta-carotene content provides your body with necessary vitamin A, and research shows that vitamin A deficiency is a very common cause of blindness. In an analysis of 22 studies, scientists discovered that people with higher intakes of beta-carotene have significantly lower risk of cataracts, a common cause of blindness. Pumpkin is also one of the best sources of lutein and zeaxanthin, two compounds linked to lower risk of age-related macular degeneration in cataracts. Additionally, They contain good amounts of vitamin C and E, which function as antioxidants and may prevent free radicals from damaging your eye cells. Number five, nutrient density and low calorie count may promote weight loss. Pumpkin is considered a nutrient dense food. That means it's incredibly low in calories despite being packed with nutrients. In fact, pumpkin clocks in at under 50 calories per cup, which is 245 grams, and consists of about 94% water. Simply put, pumpkin is a weight loss friendly food because you can consume more than any other carb sources like rice and potatoes, but still take in fewer calories. What's more, pumpkin is a good source of fiber which can help curb your appetite. Number 6. Antioxidant content can lower your risk of cancer. Cancer is a serious illness in which cells grow abnormally. Cancer cells produce free radicals to help them multiply rapidly, but pumpkin is high in carotenoids, which are compounds that can function as antioxidants. This allows them to neutralize free radicals, which may promote against certain cancers. For instance, an analysis of 13 studies showed that people with higher intakes of alpha-carotene and beta-carotene had significantly lower risks of stomach cancers. Similarly, many other human studies have found that individuals with higher intakes of carotenoids have lower risks of throat, pancreas, breast, and other cancers. Hmm. However, scientists aren't sure if the carotenoids themselves or other factors like lifestyle habits or those who consume diets rich in carotenoids are responsible for those lowered risks. Number seven, potassium, vitamin C, and fiber may benefit heart health. Pumpkin contains a variety of nutrients that can improve your heart health. It's high in potassium, vitamin C, and fiber, which have been linked to heart benefits. For instance, Studies have shown that people with higher potassium intakes appear to have lower blood pressure and a reduced risk of strokes, two risk factors for heart disease. Pumpkin is also high in antioxidants which can protect against bad LDL cholesterol from oxidizing. When LDL cholesterol particles oxidize, they can clump along the walls of blood vessels which can restrict your vessels and raise your risk of heart disease. Number 8. Contains compounds that promote healthy skin. Pumpkins are loaded with nutrients that are great for your skin. For one, they're high in carotenoids like beta carotene, which your body turns into vitamin A. In fact, one cup or 245 grams of cooked pumpkin packs a whopping 245% of the recommended daily intake for vitamin A. Studies show that carotenoids like beta carotene can act as a natural sunblock as well. When digested, carotenoids are transported to various organs, including your skin. They help protect skin cells against damage from harmful UV rays. Pumpkins is also high in vitamin C, which is essential for healthy skin. Your body needs this vitamin to make collagen, a protein that keeps your skin strong and healthy. Moreover, pumpkins contain lutein, zeaxanthin, vitamin E, and many more antioxidants that have been shown to boost your skin's defenses against UV rays. And finally, number nine. It is incredibly versatile and easy to add to your diet. Pumpkin is delicious, versatile, and easy to add to your diet. Its sweet flavor makes it a popular ingredient in dishes like custards, pies, and pancakes. However, it works just as well in savory dishes like roasted vegetables, soups, and pastas. Pumpkins have a very tough skin, so they require some effort to slice. But once you cut them, scoop out the seeds and any stringy parts, Slice the pumpkin into wedges and you can use it for a variety of different things, but the seeds are also edible and packed with nutrients which offer some benefits. For instance, pumpkin seeds can improve bladder and heart health. Pumpkin is also available pre-cut or canned, giving you flexibility with your recipes and preparation. When buying the canned pumpkin, be sure to read the label carefully because not all products will be 100% pumpkin, and you may want to avoid added ingredients, particularly sugar. The easiest way to eat pumpkin is to season it with salt and pepper and roast it in the oven. Many people also enjoy making it into a pumpkin soup, especially during winter. So who shouldn't eat pumpkin? Pumpkin is very healthy and considered safe for most people. It's also considered mildly diuretic, which means eating a lot of pumpkin can induce a water pill-like reaction. This increases the amount of water and salt your body expels through urine. This can harm people taking certain medications like lithium. Diuretics can impair your body's ability to remove lithium, causing serious side effects, so be careful. Although pumpkin's healthy, many pumpkin-based junk foods like lattes, candies, and pie fillings are loaded with added sugar, so, so they don't offer the same health benefits as consuming the fruit. The bottom line. Rich in vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, pumpkin is incredibly healthy. What's more, it is low-calorie and weight-loss friendly. Its nutrients and antioxidants can boost your immune system, protect your eyesight, lower your risk of certain cancers, and promote heart and skin health. Pumpkin is very versatile and easy to add to your diet in both sweet and savory dishes. Try incorporating pumpkin into your diet today to reap its benefits. And I have definitely made a pact to myself to start eating pumpkin more often in the upcoming year and to see how it impacts my diet. So one of my favorite ways to consume pumpkin is almost in a pumpkin pie sort of way. So I take the 100% pure pumpkin and I add one can of the Libby pure pumpkin to two eggs and a two cup quantity of heavy whipping cream. I beat them and then I add either maple syrup or agave nectar in about a half a cup of it to the mixture, whisk the entire thing up, throw it into my little custard dishes, pop it in the oven and it is like pumpkin pie, but significantly healthier. And I really, really enjoy it during the holiday season and I'm gonna start trying to consume it probably weekly as a breakfast instead of having scrambled eggs and toast and see how that impacts my diet. I will certainly keep you all posted. Um, in the upcoming year. I hope that everyone has a happy, healthy, and safe Christmas and New Year. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the content offered today on the show, you can shoot us an email or at lightningrodinfo at gmail.com. You can find the address again in our show notes along with all of the articles we have referenced on the show today. We would also ask that you take a little bit of time rate, review, and subscribe for the podcast. It's really important in helping us pop in searches about content that we share for things on the show that other people might be interested in. And lastly, please join us again next time when we talk about more of our diet, diatribes, health tips, exercise tips, and anything else related to our diet and well-being. Happy New Year, everyone!